You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drugmeyer, and today's episode is brought to you by the Locked On Ultimate Season Preview, the NFL season is about to begin and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from and tune in beginning August 30th. But before we get started, we are two sports writers who started covering the Chargers and doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, for five seasons. I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. A special thank you to anyone who's checking out the show for the first time today. It's going to be a great time to kind of get our gauge on the team right now because we have a lot of great stuff to get into. But first, follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. You can get on the Odyssey app. Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever. But on today's show, we're going to get into some classic overreactions. David put out a post on Twitter and got some pretty funny overreactions from the fans on Twitter just after two preseason games, and it is the preseason. But we have a couple of our own overreactions to get into. Is Josh Palmer already wide receiver three? Is Kyler Fackrell already going to be the starter opposite of Joey Bosa when the Chargers open things up? week one against the Washington football team. Some great overreactions, or maybe they're not. We're going to get into that to start the show. And then in segments two and three, we're going to be getting into a stock report, getting into whose stock through two preseason games and through training camp is up and whose is down because there's a lot of recency bias because of the preseason games. But we're going to try to take everything into account and tell you who has been great, including pretty much every rookie. So we'll be getting to the good guys at the end of the show in the middle segment, talk about some guys who have struggled to make a name for themselves or to stand out in a good way so far through two preseason games and all of training camp. So let's go ahead and get into it. David, you put out a post on Twitter about just general overreactions and especially with the game that we saw on Sunday where it was so polar opposite between the quarterback specifically with Chase Daniel and Easton Stick. I mean, I think there was a lot of overreactions being made. You know, Easton Stick is now the best quarterback ever. And Chase Daniel needs to be cut immediately. But that's part of being a fan. Overreactions are fun. We've overreacted to things after games all the time. But it was nice seeing the fans kind of overreact with us, get it off their chest. And I wanted to get into a couple of them. Bolton Mary ended up saying, Asante is going to be a lockdown corner. Palmer is going to be an amazing wide receiver three. And Staley runs LA. So Staley will run LA eventually over Sean McVay. I'll say that. That's not an overreaction. But... Asante Samuel Jr., I'm going to say overreaction to say he's a lockdown corner at this point. I mean, it was a ball tip that he intercepted, but staying around the ball, making plays on the ball, all good stuff from Asante Samuel Jr. I want to focus on the wide receiver three part of this, David, because Josh Palmer has been better than we expected. And I think we were higher on him when he was a pretty surprising draft pick by the Chargers, just because we went back and watched it, saw the bad quarterback play, and kind of just hoped hey, maybe this guy can do a lot after beating a lot of really good corners in college. He's gotten off to a very hot start. I mean, scored a touchdown last week, had the most receptions in the first preseason game. And more than that, it's been consistent through training camp as well. But 
it's a pretty deep position for the Chargers. We know Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are numbers one and two, but is Josh Palmer at this point wide receiver three? Is this an overreaction to you or not? No, I don't think it is. Oh. And I, I think it's because of the playing time that he's got or the lack thereof. It seems like he's going out there with the starting bunch. He's playing 10, 15, he was out snaps quick, max, yeah. and then he's out. And that lets me know that the Chargers don't need to evaluate what they see from Josh Palmer any longer. They said they want to use this period to evaluate these guys, to see what they need to see. It seems like they've seen what they need to see for Josh Palmer, and it looks like he is absolutely trending to go towards the season as the Chargers' new wide receiver three. I don't think it's a crazy overreaction. I think it might be a little bit of one, or at least it might seem that way. I mean, if you're looking at the snap counts, yeah, I mean, they got him out of there quickly. While Tyron Johnson, T-Billy, is playing late in the fourth quarter, right? So it is pretty telling when he does go out that quick after scoring the touchdown. They had seen enough, and he's proved himself through this whole training camp that he belongs at this level. What I wonder is, how does that three, that trio of wide receivers, go out there and run the offense that Joe Lombardi wants to run? Is it good to have Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer and Mike Williams on the field at the same time? Or would you rather have someone like Jalen Guyton out there to stretch the field, which was like one of the only good offensive plays for the Chargers on Sunday was a deep ball to Jalen Guyton down the sideline with some 49ers defenders still out on the field who are probably starting or going to have big roles for the 49ers. That's my biggest thing, David. It's just like, does it fit the best to have those specific three guys out there? I think he is going to have a large role right away. And if something has happened to Mike Williams, I think he's wide receiver too at this point. And then you have a speedster out there complimenting him and Keenan Allen. But that's the only thing that would hold me back from just saying, hey, he's going to get the third most snaps, the third most routes run in week one against the Washington football team. But but Joe Lombardi wants to use those those groupings he wants to use those packages he said hey there's more than five good skill position players on this offense and I want to rotate them in so I think that's more of the approach he wants to get certain packages get certain guys on the field with others and that's going to be the beauty to see what that looks like exactly and that's just the thing though is how much is that package of those three guys going to be out there how many snaps is he potentially taking away from Mike Williams that's all stuff we're going to kind of have to wait and see but let's get into another overreaction here This one from Brent Choi, who said, SoFi Stadium will never have home field advantage. Maybe if we play a CFL team, but that might be 75-25. So this is in reference to the game on Sunday, which was notably red, David. I mean, I don't think it's, you know, salty or anything to say that. It was concerning. I mean, for sure, this has been the reason we have kind of hesitated, even though we know there's a ton of great Charger fans, to just say, hey, this is going to be a stadium where they're going to fill it out, right? And even when the Chargers are announcing their season tickets and all those things, it's hard to fully buy into it until you see it. Now, the other part is San Francisco has a lot of fans everywhere, especially in Southern California. This is a great chance for them to go see the game. But I don't think it's that crazy to think that some of the games are going to be like that this year. So I think it is an overreaction to say they'll never have a home field advantage. I definitely think they could, especially against certain teams. But, I mean, that was a pretty depressing start. I mean, I would definitely have liked to see it out there, you know, at least 70-30 Charger fans. Yeah, and it definitely was not that way in this preseason game at all. There was a lot of red in SoFi Stadium. And I think 
as an overreaction as a whole, I think the Chargers could get there. I think they have a lot of good pieces in place to win a lot of football games, and that's ultimately what it's going to take. But this year, I don't think it's an overreaction. I think they're they're unfortunately going to be hard-pressed to find games this season where they have majority Charger fans, and I really don't think that's a hot take. Yeah, and we'll see how good they are, right? And that's always going to make a difference. And we know it's going to take extended success for this team to really leave a footprint in Los Angeles. But, I mean, I think especially against certain teams, I think this fan base, especially if they get rolling, get off to a good start, will show up. I know I've seen a lot of tickets out there for sale. I don't judge anyone for their unique circumstances. But if you're saying there's no you know benefit to having a home field advantage, that's just being naive. The Chargers would be better oh, off to a have huge benefit. It's a huge benefit. I mean, I think most Charger fans and there's so many faithful Charger fans out there just want to see that stadium rocking, right? And being able to get loud on third downs when your team is on defense and you have a big play that needs to be made. Those are the parts you're missing out on. It is. I, we still have to see it. We still have to see the regular season when the games matter. I'm not going to go too far on the preseason game, but obviously not a great start. Let's get to another one here. David overreaction that I just came up with. Will Kyler Fackrell be the opening edge rusher opposite of Joey Bosa when the Chargers go up against the Washington football week one? I guess the overreaction here is Kyler Fackrell is that dude right now. I don't think that's an overreaction either. Just based off of what we've seen in training camp, what we've seen in the preseason games, it just seems like everything's trending that way. Kyler Fackrell is just making the most of his opportunities out there. He's getting pressures on the quarterback. He's making plays and run support. Kyler Fackrell is all over the place. Like I said, he's doing really well with the opportunities he's been given, and I think he's going to get the first crack at being that opposite edge rusher of Joey Bosa. One, if the preseason is any indication, it's going to be a lot of rotating, right? We've seen a lot of defensive As line rotation, right? And I think that's what we need to remember. Of course. So, like, I don't think this is, you know, going to be a situation where Buchanan Wosu is just totally off of the field or playing 20% of the snaps. But at the same time, it just doesn't seem like he's going to get that lion share that we thought he could get, right? And Kyler Fackrell has been a good player in this league. Like, he's already shown that he can play at this level. And I think the biggest difference so far is just inconsistency. I mean, you've seen Uchenna make some big plays, but it just seems like Kyler Fackrell is consistently out there, knows what's going on, is recognizing play action, is getting to the quarterback. That's what you need out of an edge rusher and an outside linebacker, right? If you want to call it that. Kyler Fackrell's been giving it to him. It's just been too few and far between for Uchenna so far during this preseason and in training camp, but there's still time. And hey, if he starts doing it in games, that's how he's going to buy himself more snaps for the most part. I mean, that's the one way you can force your way onto the field. When you get out there, take advantage of him. We know he can be good, especially in short stretches. But we do have to get into these stock reports, David, because now we are through two weeks of the preseason and training camp is over now. So it's time to look at where these guys are, whose stock is up, whose stock is down. So coming up right after this, we're going to talk about some players who haven't done enough so far. And we'll have a very, very big preseason week three coming up next weekend. We're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that it's that time of year again and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start football season. It's now, it's the best time to get in on the action, guys. If you guys want to start betting on football, the best place to do it is Bet Online, who's your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest. $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Right now, you also should take advantage of their opening day super promo 
If you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th on the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, and if you lose your wager, you will be refunded up to $25. That's for new customers when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. But I have an even better deal than that. If you guys want to get in on the action now, you can use the promo code Locked On to get a 100% welcome bonus. That's promo code Locked On, all caps, one word at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. One of the things that we've been doing throughout the entire offseason is just kind of gauging where players are at, especially those players at the end of the roster, guys who we think that their spot could be taken potentially. Those are the guys to focus on as far as whose stock is up and whose stock is down. And I think we had some notions going into it, right? Like Uchenin Wosu would be a great start. His stock is down so far through two weeks of the preseason and through training camp, David. And there's other guys that we're going to get to on this list, but I feel like it's right to start there. We just talked about Kyler Fackrell, who's obviously had his stock up so far during training camp. Now it's time to talk about Uchen and Wosu. And it's hard to say right now, David, how much we're going to see him on the field, but I think he is a good example of a guy we hoped would come out here and just totally flash right away and go run away with this job and hasn't been able to do it through this point in the offseason. Yeah, I think we've seen in past years with Uchenna that he can make plays in spurts. He can make impact plays. I mean, he changed that game in the playoffs against the Ravens with that strip sack that he had on Lamar Jackson. I mean, we've seen him do it. It's just been too inconsistent. He hasn't put it all together, neither as a run defender or as a pass rusher, which this is the year for him. This is the last opportunity for him to really go out there and show what he can do, show that he can be a complete edge defender and get that contract that I'm sure that he's, you know, surely wants, but he hasn't really done that. And Hey, it's still early. I mean, we haven't even started playing games yet, but he needs to get in there and with his snaps, go out there and make impactful plays. And if he doesn't do that, he's going to continue to fall down the depth chart. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a process that's been ongoing and guy stock goes down and guy stock goes up. I mean, that's just kind of the way the preseason and training camp goes. And there's another group that's been really up and down as far as who's been hot and who's not. And that's the wide receivers. And I have a few wide receivers on my list here, David, Joe Reed, Austin Pro, and Jason Moore. The last two guys have had some good moments. I mean, Jason Moore and Austin Pro both at some point in this training camp in the preseason, we're kind of like, oh, you know, this guy's trying to make a push for that spot. We don't know if he'll get there, but Austin Pro came with the returning ability and he was the best returner in training camp from everything we've heard. And when I was out there, he definitely was the best one. Now, David, especially after those other two guys, Austin Pro and Jason Moore didn't play last weekend, their stock is definitely down. I mean, this is a very heated competition. We don't know how many spots are available, but we do know Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, all those dudes are safe. Jalen Guyton, probably. T. Billy, probably. The other guys, we don't know, right? So all of those guys and Joe Reed, even because we just haven't heard anything and he's missing games, have their stock down at the moment. Yeah, it kind of sucks. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there for someone to try to take that spot. I mean, they have to be versatile. They're going to have to make an impact as a punt returner or, or a kick returner in addition to doing something on offense. But we haven't really seen anybody really do that consistently. And I think that's been the big theme here is just nobody is doing it consistently throughout camp. I mean, and it just sucks for Joe Reed. I mean, I just see all the potential there, but I mean, how many players have we seen have potential in the past that just hasn't put it together? And I think 
it's getting to the point to where him being injured, uh, that, that ship is starting to sail. And it hurts me to say that because I, I know that this guy has potential, but he hasn't been able to show it. So none of these guys at that back end wide receiver spot has separated themselves. And that might be a position they might want to look at as far as a, a punt returner, kick returner, because nobody has really taken that spot. Yeah, I mean, even Michael Bandy gets out there last week, and it's like, oh, wow, you know, at least that's something, right? I mean, that's yeah. a play where you're like, okay, you know, he that actually was a went good forward. Return. Yeah, like he tried to make something happen, I mean, at least. So let's get into another group that's been pretty bad so far during the preseason. That is the backup offensive lineman, and specifically Trey Pipkin, Storm Norton. But more than that, I mean, pretty much anyone outside of Brendan Hymas, Scott Questenberry, I thought has been fine. It's hard to imagine making an argument that the rest of the guys have been good. And that sucks, David. And I think those guys' stock is down, especially Pipkins and Norton, with a big opportunity to take a swing tackle job for this team whose offensive line, at least the starting line, has improved. And a guy in Brian Bulaga where you know you might get some snaps because of that injury history. This was a huge opportunity for these guys. Neither one of them has taken it. I mean, Trey Pipkins has been the worst of the two. At the same time, neither one of them has been great. And I'm not super worried about it, David, just only because, I mean, I guess I am worried about it, but I'm not really surprised by it because the Chargers kind of went in this. I mean, you hope one of these guys stands out, right? And Brendan Hymas has had some good moments, but from the rest of the guys, no one has really stood out. And I think part of the reason for that is the Chargers rebuilt their entire offensive line. At least, you know, 80% of their offensive line is new players, at least the starters that'll be out there. That's a lot. And an offensive line isn't something that you can build in one offseason. I mean, I'm amazed at what they were able to do this offseason, but that's a really tough ass, David, to build a solid offensive line with good depth in one offseason. And right now, there's only a couple of depth pieces that you feel okay about. Yeah, and I think you'll definitely take the offensive line starters being much better quality than not having the depth, although you need to have the depth if you want a complete line because injuries are going to happen. We're going to see it. I think they have some players that have some flexibility and some versatility like Matt Filer, his ability to go out to tackle. And then I think you feel pretty good about Brendan Hymas. But after that, and you know, I guess Questenberry is okay. Like you said, he just kind of gets his job done. But after that, the, the depth is is pretty thin and you don't feel particularly good about it. I think that's a position that you look to target to add to when more cuts start getting made because there's not just not a group right now that you can feel confident going into the regular season that they could really sustain a lot of injuries. The top end talent is very, very good. It's much better, but the depth is still cause for concern. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, that's not a super surprising thing because they did a lot and they made major improvements. This is the best offseason right on paper that they've had as far as improving the offensive line. And you've had a lot of guys whose stock have been up. Matt Filer has you know lived up to expectations. I feel like Corey Lindsley, there's nothing to believe that he's not going to be that nothing there's nothing that leads you to believe that he's not going to be a top flight center going into 2021. Rashawn Slater has looked outstanding, but there's not a lot to go you know on after that. And I think that's just one of those things where It's going to take time. They're going to have to keep putting resources in it. And eventually, if you stick to it, if you're committed to it, like they showed they were at least for one offseason, it will get better. Right now, the depth is definitely shaky at that position. Maybe there are Much better direction now, man. Much better direction. Right. Like, it's not a reason to be super upset. Like, for Justin Herbert in the offense, yeah, it is concerning. But either way, 
you're talking about potentially, you know, a couple of guys out there for limited stretches if they can eat most of those guys out on the field healthy instead of having like four questionable linemen out there at the same time. That's much harder to work with as Chase Daniel found out on Sunday. But we did want to save the best for last and we do have some players whose stock is definitely on the rise right now in the preseason and we're going to get into those guys coming up right after this. But first I need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save money and time when you use Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 50 or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? When you can use a place where, whether you're a daily driver or a mechanic, everybody gets the same low price. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and all you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. So we talked a little bit about whose stock is down at the moment, and for those guys, I mean, let's remember. There's another week of practice. There's another week of a preseason game where you have a chance to go prove yourself again, hopefully. And really, the thing you have to hope for is just the guys who are battling for a roster spot get a chance to go out there and be healthy and make a name for themselves. But, David, let's get to the good part. Let's get to the part where we talk about the guys whose stock is definitely rising. And I think we have to start with the rookies because me and you were talking about it before the show. Trey McKitty has kind of been whatever so far. We haven't really heard a lot from him. He had less snaps in the last game, as David looked up, than Matt Sokol and Steven Anderson. So that's a little tricky at this point, hard to gauge that one. Besides that, David, we're looking at a camp and a preseason in which every single Chargers rookie has impressed at one point or another. It's absolutely insane to think about that. If you look at different classes that the Chargers have had just recently, the last couple of years, a lot of those guys aren't even on the roster anymore, let alone making impacts. And... These young guys just up and down from the top all the way to the bottom to Mark Webb, they are actually doing positive things, and you feel good that these guys are going to be able to turn into contributors. Nick Neiman's all over the football field. Josh Palmer's catching balls left and right. Asante Samuel Jr. is picking balls off. <laughs> I mean, it just it's awesome. It's awesome to think that you have so many guys in this draft class alone that you feel good about, that you can still see them developing and turning into guys that are going to help this team for several years. And it's just crazy because I think most training camps are just some guys you expect you're not going to hear a lot about, right? The sixth and the seventh round picks, the fifth round picks of their later ones. Sometimes you just don't hear about those dudes at all, and you're like, okay, well, that's just a developing player. I mean, there's nothing to be concerned about. With this group, you feel especially like you see the path for them to get on the field for the most part. I mean, Brandon Hymas already looks like one of their most you know, reliable, durable depth pieces right now. I mean, he's looked better than a lot of the guys who have been in the league in some cases. That's great. For Asante Samuel Jr. and for Rashawn Slater, you see starting jobs available for them outside corner and left tackle, potentially even nickel corner at times. You see where they're going to get on the field, and you, even with other guys like Larry Rountree, Nick Neiman, Nick Neiman looks like a nice depth piece at linebacker and looks like a guy who could potentially come on with special teams with the traits that he has. Then you look at other guys like Mark Webb, 
key depth piece already at that position. And they had big trust that he was going to come in and they were going to be able to have a role that he could get on the field potentially even early on. He's shown a lot of those things. Yeah, I had a couple of rough moments, but even to see the small flashes that we've seen so far is such a thing that we just haven't seen in the past with Chargers rookies. It's almost it, a shock, right? <laughs> it is. I mean, for sure. But I mean, with the guys that we think could get on the field early to see what we've seen from Josh Palmer to be out there, but more of the first two picks, you have to hit on those picks right now, David, I think with Asante Samuel Jr., you haven't seen very much of him, right? So there's still a lot that we have left to be seen. But at the same time, you've seen him make plays. You've seen him be around the football. With Rashawn Slater, you've seen him go one-on-one against Joey Bosa. You saw him play against another team in the first preseason game. Zero pressures allowed. Looked exactly like we thought he would, which is great right away. Hitting on those and having those guys and feeling like those guys are going to come in and be such valuable pieces to this team right away you can't put a good value on that. Sometimes you have total bust first round picks and the Chargers right now look like both of these guys are going to contribute and more than that. Well, and at such important positions too, Daniel. Right. I mean, you look at left tackles around the NFL. These guys get paid nearly as much as quarterbacks now. I mean, they get a lot of freaking money because they're incredibly important protecting that all important asset that quarterback and then corners on the other side these guys get paid an exorbitant amount of money because they travel they erase plays they really are incredibly important to those teams defenses so to get guys that you feel really good about on cost controlled contracts for the next four or five years that are going to be able to help you and you're going to be able to watch them get better. It just doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. And it's, you know, the other thing is, is none of these guys have played a snap in the NFL. So maybe this is our overreaction stock up, right? But you just don't usually see this. This does feel a little bit different and it's just nice to have promise that it's hard to imagine any rookie getting cut right now. I mean, rookies get cut all the time, especially the later draft picks. I can't, foresee a world where any of these dudes get cut i just can't see it so i mean that in itself is a win because it seems like the Chargers are invested in these guys and credit to tom telesco for bringing these guys in hopefully they can keep it up when the big lights when the brightest lights are on on sundays that'll be the biggest test but very very promising start there's a couple other guys too where we've talked about them a lot in the last couple of days easton sticks stock is definitely up i mean through the entire preseason seven for seven then ten of fourteen no interceptions at this point. Not even a lot of really close. I mean, I can't think of one that was just an obvious interception that somebody dropped. Easton Stick stock is up. You could say the same thing about Kyler Fackrell, who we talked about earlier. I want to focus on another position group here, David, to kind of touch on a couple of guys because I thought that the interior defensive line group has looked really good, and that's without so even glad seeing you the said guy. That. Yeah, I mean, that's not even seeing the guys, Justin Jones. Jerry Tillery, Limbaugh, Joseph in the actual game. Which I'd love to see those other two, Tillery and Jones. <laughs> I don't really don't understand why they're not on the not out on the football field, Daniel. I mean, I guess they've shown well in practice, but I haven't seen it. I, mean, I haven't yeah. seen it. I need to see it in a game. For sure. I mean, and they're not like Limbaugh, Joseph, where they have, you know, years and years of Ten experience. Ten years in the league, yeah. Well, improving success more than anything. Like, the dude's right. been a good player in this league. You can't say that about Jerry Tillery. And Justin Jones, like they haven't had good seasons where you're like, okay, that's a good statistical season. It just hasn't happened yet. But the one thing that's let, you know, happen also, David, is letting these other dudes get on the field. And whether you're talking about Braden Fajoko, Cortez Broughton, Joe Gaziano, 
and my boy Forrest Merrill, all of those guys have had flashes. Like literally in both games, these guys have been flashing. They've been making plays in the backfield. They've been disruptors. I think a lot of that goes with Staley's defense, and it seems like especially for the defensive line, it's a big boost to these guys. And all four of those dudes are making it super tough to see who's going to be in the end of that defensive line position. Well, I'd also like to offer the walking house Christian Covington, too. Sure. I mean, the guy is gigantic, but he's not just gigantic. He's been disruptive as well in camp and in these preseason games. And he's, he's safe, really shown, too. Huh? And he's safe, though, too. You know, like Yeah, he's absolutely. The yeah, sure. there's no way that he's not making this team. But it's still nice when you go out and sign an NFL player who you expect to come in and provide some snaps look good, and that's exactly what's happened. But yes, I couldn't agree more with guys like Cortez Broughton, who it seemed like last year he made the roster by the skin of his teeth. It, it really wasn't by much. We didn't see a lot of him on defense, and he's making plays. He's being disruptive. We're seeing little flashes of that player that we saw coming out of college, which was really nice. I mean, he was a guy we were both pretty high on and pretty excited that the Chargers were able to bring in. But yes, Forrest Merrill, we still saw that energy uh, he's shown that all throughout camp, and you just can't discount that. A guy who's just a, just a massive man, really low to the ground, makes an impact. He gets through the middle of the offensive line, which you need the interior pressure. The Chargers haven't had it a lot, so having guys that can provide that, it's very, very good to see. Good competition at this spot. We thought we were going to see it. We definitely are. Yeah, we definitely are. And yeah, seeing some interior pressure and just seeing those guys get after it even with like the scrambling quarterbacks there haven't been a ton of lanes open for quarterbacks to run through I mean they really hasn't been an issue so far that's something that has absolutely plagued them in the past a much more disciplined team and I think with the current scheming getting these guys one-on-one matchups on the defensive line has really improved all of these guys' stock and it's really exciting it is really cool to be hopeful that there could be some interior pass rush this year and it just hurts because I'm like, I might have to come to terms with Forrest Merrill being put on the practice squad, and I'm trying to prepare myself for that. And if it happens, it's because Braden Fajoko went in there after being an undrafted free agent last year and made a name for himself. Cortez Broughton as a seventh-round pick, knowing his job was on the line, went out there and started making plays, and that's all you can ask for in this entire process. If guys are getting cut that you like, that means other guys are playing well for the most part. These guys are making it a really tough decision, and you love to see it, as opposed to the kicker battle, where it's like, I can't say Michael Badgley's stock has been up through the entire process. Nobody's really separated themselves, right? No. That's the frustrating thing. I mean, Tristan Vizcaino has been the better kicker if you account for every single kick that's happened, but Michael Badgley's the better one right now, so neither one of them really fits in the stock up for the entire preseason, because neither one has separated, and neither one has been lights out, but definitely a big swing by Michael Badgley. Getting back to the defensive tackles, though, I, I don't know how I went from talking about defensive tackles to Sorry, kickers. That's my fault. No, no. I mean, I brought up the kickers. Like, I mean, just because as far as battles go, you'd way rather have so many guys performing that you have to make a tough decision than having two guys be whatever and then having to choose between those two dudes. That's yeah, the unspectacular, difference. right? You don't want unspectacular. You want someone to absolutely go out there and grab that starting spot, and those guys haven't done it. But on the defensive line, all of those guys have really put their best foot forward, and they really are going to make this cut very, very difficult. I mean, one of these guys are going to go, and it's going to suck to watch, but that's because you got better talent at that position. 
Exactly. And it's a group that we were maybe a little bit frustrated that they didn't address earlier, especially before they brought in Christian Covington. We didn't know if they were going to make any additions there for the most part, right? So to see these guys coming through and the faith that they've had in these guys come to fruition, it's really nice to see. And it is nice to see all these guys showing out, even if it's, you know, putting a shadow on my boy Forrest Merrill a little bit. But speaking of cuts, make sure to check in with us tomorrow because today the Chargers are going to have to get their roster down to 80. So we're going to see some cuts, but we'll be right back here tomorrow with you guys to break it all down. Until then, make sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcast from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts the new Odyssey app or wherever. And if you can, make sure to rate and review as well. We would really appreciate it. We've loved interacting with you guys on Twitter. Love everyone who commented on the Locked On Chargers at Locked On LAC page today. We really appreciate that. And if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at Dan Talk Sports and find David at Talk SD. We both post the show to all of our social media every day. You can also find the show at our Instagram page at Locked On Chargers. And we also have a Locked On Chargers Facebook page. We have so much to get into, and there's one more week of the preseason coming up. If you guys want to get your questions on the show and you want to tell us how you're feeling about this upcoming preseason game or what's happened so far, make sure to call into the voicemail line. We might get into some voicemails tomorrow, so if you guys want to get in on that action, make sure to call 323-524-7924 because we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But that's going to do it for us today. Make sure you come back tomorrow to get our reaction on the latest cuts by the Chargers. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.